0: They're all working
1: for me, one or the other.
0: So the grandma, the the quote-unquote grandma, then started when they were here?
1: Yes. Anybody who thought you different, bring them over. (laughs) Okay, I will. When people talk about New
0: York-style pizza, they tend to think of the five boroughs. And they also tend to think of slices, either rectangular Sicilians or triangular wedges cut from 18-inch pies. But don't forget about Long Island towns like Elmont and New Hyde Park in particular. I'm talking about Umberto's and the slightly younger King Umberto, the widely acknowledged ambassadors and early proponents of the grandma style. Coming up on today's show, part one of the Umberto's story as we sit down with Umberto Corteo, who started one of the best-known pizzerias on Long Island in 1965. We'll also preview the NYC Pizza Festival, Home Edition, which is coming up next weekend. It's all straight ahead.
1: I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here.
0: This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA, and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome everybody! Great to have you along with us again for another edition of Pizza City. Um, just got back from New York last week, and if you were following me on Instagram, I'm either Steve Dolinsky or Pizza City USA. You saw lots of delicious pizza from the five boroughs as well as um, Long Island. And I'd always wanted to get to Umberto's and King Umberto. They're about two miles apart and just wanted to try to figure out the story of the grandma style. Um, I ended up talking to Umberto Corteo on today's show. He's the seventh of 11 children. Uh, started his namesake 56 years ago in New Hyde Park, New York, about an hour east of the city. It's really going to be part one of our Umberto story that we're going to kick off today and continue on our next show. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the NYC Pizza Festival. Now, some of you remember they did a fantastic fest in 2018 and 2019 up in the Bronx, with the ovens set up along Arthur Avenue in Little Italy. They had to cancel it, obviously, last year and will not be able to do one in person this year. So instead, they're doing a virtual event next weekend, April 24th and 25th. Now, I spoke with Fred Mortati, the organizer of this year's event, to learn a bit more about what's on tap.
2: Yeah, so on April 24th and 25th, we're going to have live content with some of the best pizza makers in the world, some of the you know real players and personalities inside the pizza business in the United States uh, from around the country, as well as well as some people from Italy, that this content will be shown via Facebook Live and YouTube as the primary platforms, and there's going to be great cooking demonstrations, there'll be great roundtable talks with some you know some of the most prolific people inside our industry. Anthony Mangieri from Una Pizza Napolitana was the, the first guy to really do authentic Neapolitan pizza in New York City, to Nancy Silverton, uh, who's, who's, you know, kind of really world famous as a baker and, and then as a pizza maker um, from Los Angeles, and as well as uh, Buddy Velastro, the cake boss, who uh, ventured into pizza and owned, opened up actually a pizza restaurant in um, Las Vegas and is expanding that now, and he's actually even offered and expand it into like a frozen pizza line that's going to launch.
0: So, is this for consumers or for professionals?
2: It's for consumers. Uh, the goal of New York Pizza Festival really is to create a community and to bring consumers closer into the pizza world. To give them kind of a look under the hood, if you will. Let them meet, learn, understand, uh, and a line of event personally know who are you know some of these actors um, in the in the industry, the the best pizza makers. Uh, industry professionals, some of the people that make the ingredients, the brands that they've probably seen before. They never saw the manufacturers behind those brands. So they'll get to meet them as well. And even though it's virtual, this content, you know, you'll be introduced to, you know, the premier flour producer in the world, the premier tomato producer, um, you know, mozzarella making. These are all these ingredients that go into the product that people don't really see the behind the scenes of where those ingredients are sourced, how they're made uh, how are these multi-generational businesses that have been doing this? Um, how do the how do the pizza professionals, you know, kind of choose their ingredients? And um, and then there's uh, some interesting topics, which are, you know, where do people think the best pizza in the world is? Where did it come from?
0: Of course, the only drawback with doing a virtual event is people won't be able to actually taste this pizza. So, are there recommendations for people if they're not in New York, um, for where to get pizza to enjoy while they're watching this?
2: Yeah, 100%. And the concept here is that there's about 200, 250 participating restaurants around the country who are open, that are looking for support, that are you know making, selling pizza that you either pick up or get delivered. And consumers can go to the website, the nypizzafestival.com, and they will see who's participating, and they can find the people near them, and they can order pizza that day, and they would know that when they buy the pizza that there's going to be a contribution uh, from their purchase that goes to Slice Out Hunger, which is a nonprofit, a wonderful charity that supports people in need of food. Uh, it's located here in New York City.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned the website. Again, it's nycpizzafestival.com. Check it out uh, April 24th and 25th. Lots of great information, I'm sure. The lineup looks stellar. Fred, thanks so much for your time today.
2: Thank you very much.
0: Uh, They've got a tab for Home Edition when you go to nycpizzafestival.com, and it sounds like a great event. Definitely going to check it out. Okay, speaking of New York pizza, Umberto's has been one of the legendary names on Long Island for more than 50 years. I was in New York last week, as I mentioned earlier, and for the very first time, I rented a car at LaGuardia so I could make the 40-minute drive east to this beloved spot. Now, I was interested in talking to Umberto because I had heard and read that this was the place where grandma-style pies came into fashion and sort of became famous, but I need to clarify a few things here first. Thanks to New York pizza guru Scott Wiener of the namesake Scott's Pizza Tours. Now, according to Scott, Angelo Giangrande worked at Umberto's and allegedly made thin square pizzas there in the late 80s. When he eventually went to work at King Umberto, he allegedly started using the name Grandma Pizza because he entered it into a distributor competition in the early 90s. Now, Scott says it's all a moot point because There were pizzerias already making this style of pizza, which is essentially a thin crust rectangular, long before Umberto's was even open. They just never called it Grandma, and to this day they still don't. They call it Thin Crust Sicilian. So the question is how important that name is, and, Scott asks, is the concept of invention also irrelevant because this was the pizza made in homes anyway, so none of these pizzas actually invented it. That said, he adds that uh, pizzerias that made this style without calling it grandma include Rizzo's from 1959 and Lazara's. So lots of history um, leading up to this week's show. And All that said, I arranged to meet the owner and namesake, Umberto Corteo, native of Naples, who came to America in 1962 and first had a pizzeria in Park Slope, Brooklyn, before opening Umberto's in New Hyde Park three years later. We began by talking about his earliest pizza memory.
1: While I was a child, my mother would make a would make a bread in a wood burning oven, and then uh, once in a while she she would have some uh, leftover dough, and she would make pizza with some tomatoes on, it. You know, no mozzarella, because uh, my mother had 11 kids, and uh, there was no, mo- no mozzarella around. <laughs> Where did you fit into that 11? Number
0: seven. Seven, okay, lucky seven. Yeah. So when she made these pizzas, were they done in like a rectangular pan, or were they oh, round?
1: It was round, it was in a, in a frying pan, and it was uh, very tasty, even though there was not, not too much stuff on, but just a little tomato that we grow from the farm and uh, that was good enough. And no muts No moots. No. In the middle of 65, I opened up Humberto's Inouye Park.
0: And tell me about the, the type of pizza you were doing back then. Is it
1: very similar to what this is today? Yes. Uh, at that time, we were making only regular pies and Sicilian pies. And once in a ma- while, I used to make the pizza, the grandma pizza, about 20. Twenty-two years ago, we started to make it pizza, the, the grandma's pizza for the parties that we have over here. We give them as an hors d'oeuvre.
0: Italians in America have been making thin Sicilians for many, many years before there was a grandma, right? It was
1: always no, a, just I a thin Sicilian. No? no. Nobody ever made thin Sicilian till I started to make it.
0: Uh, Scott Wiener was, said there was a guy named Angelo Giangrande, who used to work here. Kind of help make
1: it famous. No, Angelo Giangrande was working for me over here. Okay, Angelo Giangrande started to work for me. Um, Sal Fuschetto used to work for me, which is uh, King a uh, brother. They, they all working for me, one or the other.
0: And so the grandma, the t- the quote-unquote grandma, then
1: started when they were here. Yes. Anybody who thought you different, bring them over. <laughs> okay, I will.
0: <laughs> tell me, okay, so tell me about your New York-style slice versus your grandma-style slice. For people no, people from not from New York, they don't understand grandma. How do you describe a grandma-style slice to someone?
1: Well, the grandma slice is uh, it's very thin, fresh marinara sauce on it. And to me, I, I prefer the, the grandma well done. A little bit on the burnt side.
0: But it's also built a little differently. I was watching the gentleman back on the line. It looked like the regular slice, you would go sauce and then cheese, but a
1: grandma slice, you would go cheese and then sauce. Yeah, that's, that's the truth. It's cooked in a pan, in a while the regular pie is cooked on a stove. And the grandma
0: grandma is very thin, very, very thin. And I noticed that he was adding a little garlic and basil to the the sauce, yeah?
1: I do. A little bit of garlic, oregano, olive oil, fresh basil, basil, and uh, that's it.
0: So 20 or so years ago, you started really making the grandma a regular part of your menu?
1: Yeah, about 20 years ago.
0: And how has that, I mean, it, it, obviously it's taken off because on the sides of all of your pizza boxes it says, you know, the best grandma, home of the grandma.
1: No, this is, this is on the grandma.
0: Are you, are you surprised that that's become so popular in a city with so many New York
1: slices? No, I, I'm not surprised because I knew that that was a, a great tasting pizza. I knew that was a great pizza, but I did not have enough time to make it because we were busy with regular pies and Sicilian pies. So I didn't bother making it.
0: People want, um, like in this part of Long Island, do they want to have the choice of a New York slice, a Sicilian, and a
1: grandma? Then they come in and uh, one of this, one of that, you know, things are changing. Uh, At one time, it used to be only regular and Sicilian. But today, you know, the the trend is changing uh they want this they want that uh Vaca's pizza i mean whoever whoever heard about vaca sauce pizza so we're going to take a quick
0: break uh we're going to keep talking with umberto corteo when we come back but i want to get a little bit more detailed about this grandma slice we're also going to preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks so stay with us Pizza City is brought to you by Fontanini brand sausages, pepperoni, and meatballs. Hey, Tony, what's up? Hey, Mr. Pizza Guy. I was just waiting for my guy to drop off the sausage order. You know, last time I had to call him back because they didn't give me the right stuff. It was those slices like they have on the East Coast. Not enough fennel. I can't run my pizza joint that way. I don't blame you. Have you heard of Fontanini? You mean... Angie's cousin? No, Fontanini brand. They make Chicago-style sausage and quite a bit more. Straight from Luca, Italy to Chicago. The family's been creating homemade meatballs, pizza toppings, and specialty sausages for generations. But I've been buying from the Scangilli family for years. They sell me that big-name brand with the celebrity endorser my wife thinks is cute. Tony, come on, Fontanini only puts their name on products made with careful thought and zero compromise. They use whole muscle cuts, not trim, which results in great texture. They produce in smaller batches too, and they use freshly ground spices. Sounds good to me. You know better than anyone, Mr. Pizza Guy. I serve my customers only the best tavern-style pies in town, or my name ain't Tony Giardinera. It's great stuff. I've had the meatballs and the chicken sausage, as well as the Italian. I got to tell you, it's outstanding. Whether you're interested in trying Fontanini sliced sausage, raw bulk sausage like we use in Chicago, meatballs, shaved pepperoni, or anything from their product lineup, our listeners can request a free sample at fontanini.com/pizza city, or go to at fontanini brand on Instagram and click the link in the bio to let them know you heard about it from Pizza City. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Umberto Corteo, the uh, owner of Umberto's, 56 years in business here in New Hyde Park uh, on Long Island. And we were talking in the last segment about the New York Slice and the grandma and the Sicilian. I've just taken a couple of bites of their New York Slice, which is just textbook. Beautiful. I just love the ratio in New York City. They just really understand sauce, cheese application, the crusty, um, chewy heel of the cornichone. And the grandma, I... The thing, Umberto, that I love about this grandma is the sauce. The marinara is really pronounced. Um, I saw the gentleman in the back kind of dotting the sauce on top of the mozzarella cheese. Tell me about the sauce again. Is it? Can you tell me what kind of tomatoes you're
1: using? Yeah, we're using Italian tomatoes and uh, California tomatoes.
0: And you're adding garlic and basil.
1: Garlic and basil, a little bit of salt and pepper, olive oil, and that's it. Are you particular about even things like the olive
0: oil? Is that an important thing for you, or you just get it from wherever?
1: No, 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 no. It's it's very important. A Good virgin olive oil. And
0: and, and I I also noticed a little bit of it looked like dried oregano maybe at the oregano th-
1: oregano I, at the end
0: at the end and then a little maybe pecorino romano.
1: No, no pecorino. No, no. Okay,
0: no. just the mozzarella. Yeah. Now the mozzarella here, I don't know if it's a New York thing or if it's an Umberto's thing, but I've noticed I've never seen mozzarella that looks like ribbons of fettuccine almost, the way that they're cut is or shredded. Is that on purpose?
1: Yes, I, um, my cheese is a little thick. When it's a little thick, it melts a little better and it stays on a little more al dente. And do you use like a full fat mozzarella or part skim? I use a couple kinds of cheese. They're both whole milk.
0: You're baking this this grandma and it's got it's it's actually thinner than the outer heel of the regular slice. It is
1: maybe a quarter to, inch thick. It has to be thin in order to to make a grandma's pizza. That's the way I started. That's it. And and you prefer when you order this, you just say well done. Yes. I'll that's the way I eat it. And I'll recommend it to everybody. It has to be a little bit the burnt.
0: I noticed this is beautiful underneath there, this undercarriage. Mm -hmm. It's really, it's sort of browned. It's not charred, but it's definitely browned in spots, it's got a little cratering. um, And that's just from sitting in the pan?
1: And the olive oil.
0: So there's olive oil in the pan, because I remember uh, Dom DiMarco does the same thing at Defara, there's oil in the pan. And then tell me, you also
1: do uh, wood-fired, wood-fired pizza in a brick oven? Uh, 30 years ago when I redid this place, I had a wood burning oven. I had a cold oven. I have a couple of special ovens over here. Uh, They're a little hotter than usual. And I I make a great margarita pizza. Tell me about, since you've been
0: in the business for so long, 56 years, more than that because you were working in pizzerias before 65, how has this grandma style evolved in New York City? It seems like a lot of places now have to carry at least a slice, a regular slice and a grandma or a regular slice and a Sicilian. How how has grandma become such an important thing in New York City?
1: Every family's got a grandma. And guess what? The pizza happened to be a great tasting pizza. So of course, when people bite into it and they like they love the taste. They're going to come back for And word of mouth, word of mouth, it goes all over. I never did any kind of advertising. I never paid for the advertising, but everything was word of mouth.
0: But there is like, for example, there's no connection between Umberto and King Umberto.
1: Totally separate? Separate, we separate, yeah. That used to be mine. King Umberto used to be mine many years ago. And I sold it to King Umberto's uh, brother, which he worked for me, and uh, that's it. They all worked for you. They all worked for me.
0: Listen, last question I ask all my guests on the show: um, Knowing what you know now about pizza, and you've been doing this for almost 60 years, what would you have told your younger self in 1964? Before you got into pizza to be successful, what advice would you have given your younger self?
1: You have to have a lot of stamina. You have to do any kind of work that you do, either pizza or shoemaker or tailor or barber. You have to do because you're going to love to do that. If you don't love to do this, you better get out. Either you do it with love or nothing at all. That is great advice from a wise man. Umberto Corteo. thank you so much for your
0: time today. The the restaurant, again, is called Umberto's. We're in New Hyde Park um, on Long Island. But certainly, as you mentioned, he's got several locations in the area. Umberto, thanks again. Grazie.
1: My pleasure.
0: By the way, love how old school Umberto is. Um asked the the server to bring over a slice of almond cake for us to have, and then they brought over a bottle of sambuca, which I declined politely, but the almond cake, wow. I would absolutely go back for that too. Okay, coming up in 2 weeks, the Umberto story continues as I drive a whopping 2 miles away to the town of Elmont, where King Umberto is located.
1: Don't get me wrong, the pizza is in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, all the five boroughs. Everybody has great pizza. But if you under the impression that you're not going to find a good regular slice or a good Sicilian slice or a good specialty slice on Long Island, you're
0: wrong. Different owners, similar background, but very different pizza offerings. That's in two weeks on April 30th. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and rate us, please. We're at Pizza City USA on Instagram Website is pizzacityusa.com. We're restarting our tours here in Chicago on Memorial Day weekend. So check out the website. Book a tour. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song. And just a reminder, stay safe, everybody. Please keep ordering pizzas. Keep your favorites afloat during this difficult time. Get vaccinated already, too, will you? Uh, Thanks for listening, everybody. And here's wishing you an optimal bite ratio always.